Welcome, everybody, to episode 138 of the Grave Plot Podcast. I am Skeletoni. I am Taylor of Terror. Welcome back to the show. And we are just pleased to have you here on this momentous occasion. Why is it momentous? Well, Taylor, I'll tell you. Because we're recording. Because it's episode 138. Yeah. We are 138. Yeah, there you go. You 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 made it into you made it into a thing. There you go. No, um, but yeah, this is episode 138, and it's weird because we're recording on Friday night, very late, much later than usual. Yeah, because we're trying to stay awake. Yeah. Um, typically, we 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 would record on a Saturday, so we um. These are not my usual headphones. No, they're not. I grabbed these because I figured they might be easier later on, on account of their flexibility. Anyway, um, so yeah, we both have busy weekends ahead of us, but on top of that, later on tonight, this being Friday, we are going to be taking part in the second annual... I don't fucking know. <laughs> okay. Well, it's 2019's Creepy Channel Craw, but brought to you by our friends at the Horror Addicts. Um, we're excited to be part of it. Uh, one thing we're not terribly thrilled about is having our slot at 1 a.m. So we're, uh, I mean, that's why we're recording so late is because uh, we're doing that. But yeah, so the Creepy Channel Crawl is... Uh, well, this year it's 28 straight hours of horror YouTubers just marathoning through the night and all through the next day. Um, started at 5 p.m. today on Friday. It goes until, was it uh, 8 or 9 p.m. tomorrow? That would be 28 hours, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we're in uh, slot nine. Um, and, yeah, we're going to be live streaming some uh, gameplay of... Uh, playing a Left 4 Dead 2. And long-time listeners of the show know that we have one hell of a time playing that. <laughs> yeah, anybody who's who's listened regularly knows what level we'll be playing. Oh, yeah. Until we get what we want. <laughs> <laughs> Which will take longer than an hour. I hope not. I hope that we can uh, get there. I don't know if we've ever done it. Have we? In less than an hour? At all, period. We've had Chomsky. All the way to the end? Have we finished with Chomsky? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I think... Uh, uh, I think I was always always the one carrying him because you were better at, like... You're better at, like, first-person shooters than I am, or at least... Am I? You, you were at the time. <laughs> um, <laughs> we, we, we should say that we haven't played this in... Many years. Many moon. It's been quite a long time. So I'm I'm really hoping that we have that, that old spark, you know. Um anyway, but yeah, so uh I I mean even after we're done after even though it's a live thing on Friday night, um through Saturday evening, uh even if you don't watch it live, there should be uh, they should be available on at least most people's channels 
if you want to watch the uh, the past re- or past live broadcasts. Mr. Uh, Mr. Creepypasta already deleted us. Yeah, it sounded like <laughs> it looked like he was having some issues, and that's something that I'm. I, I I've been running test runs for a few days now to hopefully make sure that I've got all the bugs worked out. And you know, it's just it's it's you know opening night stuff. It's like shit's gonna happen. I'm I'm prepared for that, but I was trying to get ahead of the curve, you know. Yeah. Um. But anyway, yeah, ours will ours will be up uh, after after the fact. If you want to watch us scream and freak out and drink, fun. We we already started. We already started drinking. Yeah. So, cheers to you, Fuckface. I'm not drinking four locos. No, but I do have one in the fridge. No thanks. We can spice things up later in the game. Try and ice somebody with a four loco. <laughs> Chug it. <laughs> so, Taylor, so what's new? Oh, I don't know. Not much. Cool. <laughs> yeah. It's an interesting life you lead. Isn't it? <laughs> um, yeah. So, oh, um, was it uh, last Monday? We went and checked out the uh, the kind of open house press night of oh, yeah. the Evil Dead, uh, Evil Dead 2 escape room. That we've talked about, and if you saw it on like Bloody Disgusting, I think maybe even like Dread Central covered it. Um, so it's it's gotten a lot of publicity, which is interesting because Seattle gets kind of ignored a lot of the time. Um, but we did go check it out. Um, we met with uh, Seth Wolfson, who's the owner of Hourglass Escapes, um, and he kind of walked us through the first room. Uh, he didn't show us any like the tricks or surprises. Um, Mostly out of courtesy to us, because we're actually going to go back, uh, uh, like not this next Monday, but the Monday after, and actually do the room. Um, so he didn't want to spoil anything for us, uh, which I appreciated. Yeah. But I got to tell you guys, just what we saw looks really it fucking good. It looks great. Like, it looks really authentic. Yeah. Um, you know, he explained to us how everything there is like an exact replica. Their, their prop maker and their... Uh, builder whatever the title is the guy who put the room together he was meticulous in making sure things were as precise as possible right yeah i mean like uh they even have i think you said they don't have the exact model but it's close to and it's the same brand of a a reel-to-reel recorder um the same style uh pendulum clock on the wall um and yeah their set designer was the same like was um uh, meticulous down to which direction the floorboards were facing, and the 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 bead the beadboard on the <clears> walls. It's like just the attention to detail was amazing. Um, and uh, yeah, we saw the uh, uh, Kundarian dagger. Um, we saw the Necronomicon. Yeah, everything looks really fucking good. I'm super excited. If that deer head moves, I'm gonna lose my shit. You know that, right? <laughs> You're just gonna poop all your butt. Um, yeah. yeah. Just going to roll out my leg. <laughs> Shake my pant leg out. Just doo-doo on the floor. 
I'd be like, you did this, Seth. <laughs> <laughs> that deer head looked good. It looked freaky as shit. Yeah, it did. That was one thing that's like, it didn't look exactly like it did in the movie, but it was still like just as creepy. Yeah. <clears throat> um. Anyway. Good stuff. Um, yeah, I'm, re- I'm really excited to go and actually play the game. For sure. Yeah. And, you know, I've only done a few escape rooms at this point, And, you, you know, you've got, you've done several more than I have. So I always get a little nervous when I go into one because I'm worried I'm not going to know what to do or exactly what to look for. Um, but I guess as long as I have you and cheese there. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's like one of those things. It's like you have no idea where to start. But then once you kind of get started, then it, th- things start rolling. Yeah, it's an interesting concept in this room because um, I don't know if you've done anything like this before, but they assign you a role, and each role has a has some kind of tool or a prop that goes along with the role. Yeah, and each person, you know, they, they have to utilize this tool somewhere in the in the game. So that adds another layer of uh, of. Uh, interest, I guess. Yeah, yeah. No, I've never, I've never seen one any, seen anything like that before. Yeah. Um. But uh, yeah, I mean, we we talked about it before. But this is like the officially licensed Evil Dead Two escape room. Um, they worked with uh, who was it? I don't know. Whoever owns the rights to Evil Dead Two. Um. He did say like the the rights are kind of dicey, like so many other fucking things. Yeah, um, I, I remember specifically asking him, "Hey, you, pipe down, quiet, you." I remember specifically asking him um, why they did specifically Evil Dead Two instead of just doing the entire entire Evil Dead series, like kind of like a, in a cohesive one room thing. Um, and he, yeah, like you said, he he did say that the riots are kind of spread out everywhere. You know, somebody else owns the rights to each movie. Well, like there's certain things, like even within Evil Dead Two, that they couldn't do. Like there, the main character is not Ash because they couldn't use Ash. They couldn't use Bruce Campbell or his likeness or even a parody of him. Right? Yeah. Like we heard the voiceover, um, which was interesting because they've used they used people for voiceovers that. Uh, you know, like if you're if you're a gamer, if you're like really kind of into like voice acting, um, the guy who voiced uh, Spider-Man and Peter Parker in the PlayStation Four Spider-Man game, he voiced Ash or the Ash character. Um, and yeah, like you said, they weren't allowed to do a parody of Bruce Campbell, but whether it was intentional or not, the guy actually sounded quite a bit like Bruce yeah. Campbell, especially when he was younger. Um, bomb bomb. <laughs> How about a little champagne, baby? <laughs> um. Anyway, so yeah, I'm excited to do that, and that's going to be in a couple weeks, and we will for sure uh, be back to talk to you guys about it. So, um, yeah. Other than that, yeah. So we're, you know, we're going to be up till at least two o'clock tonight doing our stream. You know, probably more realistically three ish. Before we actually put our heads down, yeah, um, it's awesome because I have to wake up at probably like nine nine thirty because tomorrow I have to dig up my front yard again. Just dig like a hole, dig summer. a hole, dig a hole. 
uh, because my water main has sprung another leak because it's an old plastic hose underneath the dirt that's made of mostly rocks. So that's cool. It's like a four or five foot deep hole that I have to dig. It sucked last year because I was doing it by myself in August, which is a fucking nightmare. Luckily, this is July. It's a little cooler. And I've also got my brother-in-law coming to help me out. So I'm hoping, hoping that this goes a lot faster than it did last time, especially because now I know what I'm doing. But it sucked because I, I didn't want it to be true. But I went out and <laughs> I, like I saw this really suspicious green patch of grass in my in my yard. I'm like, okay, well, that's how it started last time. <laughs> So I went in that went over and I kind of stood on it. And last time it was really squishy. Like the ground had been like fully saturated. And it wasn't squishy. So I'm like, uh, all right, well, that's good, but I'm not convinced. So I went out and checked the meter and it was like, there's no water running in the house and the meter was spinning. So I went and turned off the, the, the uh, water valve at the house and went back and checked the meter and it was still spinning. So that, that means that there's a leak somewhere between the street and the house. And I'm about 99% sure that that green patch is right where it is. So I uh, can't wait. After a late night of YouTubing and drinking, I get to wake up early tomorrow. It's going to be so sweet. Don't work. Dig a hole. In the sun. Actually, it'll be earlier in the morning, so I'm hoping that I can get most of the like laborious stuff done before it starts to get really hot. Hopefully. <clears throat> yeah, luckily, because the days are so much longer, the sun doesn't usually pass over the house until kind of mid-afternoon. So if I can get the digging done before then, I should be okay. Anyway, so that's my life. Joys of homeownership, huh? Yeah, that's what they tell me. I'm <laughs> <clears throat> waiting for the joy. Um, <laughs> anyway. Cool. Yeah. Anyway. I have nothing to talk about. I mean, not really. I got a brand new Without a Cause coming up on Sunday. Right. At our brand new venue. That's right. I'm pretty excited about that. Is it? You said it's literally next door, right? Yes. <laughs> okay. Is it bigger? Yes. Okay, well, that's cool. Both like the area where the ring will be is bigger, and we also have two floors now. So the the second floor is going to be the locker room area. Nice. Which is great because the locker room we have now is tiny. So it's going to be nice to have actual space. Plus the roof is higher. Well, that's good. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. The roof at our current place is very low. Really? Like most people will stand on the top rope and like their head is at the roof. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So it makes, like, you know, top rope maneuvers a little difficult. Right. And you don't want to do a lot of flipping that close. We had Super Crazy come in one uh, one month. Uh-huh. And he went to climb to the top rope, and he, like, looked at the roof, and he just goes, ah, fuck it, <laughs> and, like, steps down to the middle rope and does a moonsault off the middle rope. <laughs> Dedication. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> that guy's hilarious. He swears so much. <laughs> So you guys, how's, how's attendance, or do you know? Uh, I know front row is sold out. Second row is almost sold out. Dope. Yeah. Yeah, I was looking at coming, but um, 
Your Why? sister said she was coming. I doubt she actually bought tickets, though. I fucking, I don't know. I haven't talked to her about it. Um, but, uh, yes, so, so Common is on tour, and I've been wanting to see Common for years, and I just bought tickets, because, like, I, they announced the show's coming, I'm like, I'm not fucking missing him again. So I bought the tickets, just, like, on impulse, and, uh, discovered later, it was the same day. <laughs> it's the show, like, well, fuck. <laughs> so, um... I mean, they're every month. You can come to one. Yeah, yeah. October's going to be our big show. Right. That's it's the, one, it's yeah. the one year anniversary. So well, that's the one at uh, Angel of the Wind, right? Yes. I don't know if that's out there yet, but. Oh, shit. <laughs> okay. Well, I, I can cut that out. I could have sworn he announced that. There was There was some vagueness hinted at it. How so. would I have known about it? I probably told you. I don't think you did. I think I read it somewhere. Oh, okay. Like I said, I know there was like some vague Facebook posts about it. So, yeah, I could have sworn Max posted about it. He might have. Anyway, fuck it. It's out there now. <laughs> um. Anyway, cool. Well, good luck with that. Thank you. Um. Want to start with the show now? Uh yeah, we should probably thank Patreon first though. I was I was I was gonna get okay. That. <laughs> um, every month we have a very uh handsome group of people that uh, like to give us money every month to keep this shit show going. Uh they are the grave diggers, all right? Uh, because they dig what we do. Uh, it's, it's a theme. It's a theme. It's, it's a whole. It's, it's a whole. It's fact. a shtick. Yeah. Um, and those people are Kevin Nesgoda, Jordan Morrison, Kevin Trent, Joshua Hodges, Carlos Rodella, The Horror Addicts, Max Zaleski, and Aaron Meyer. Thank you so much, guys. Uh, we really appreciate the uh, the money because money's good. I like money, and <clears throat> it does help us keep the show going. Um, I mean, we don't have a lot of bills but the ones we do have it'd be nice if it didn't come out of our own pockets it'd be nice if it came out of your pockets yeah so that being the case if you have any friends tell them tell them about us and taylor if those friends want to join the club where can they go they can go to patreon.com slash grave plot podcast for as little as one dollar you can get perks including monthly video reviews of movies chosen by the grave diggers more you give more you get. Uh, we said last episode we were going to roll out a new perk. We haven't done that yet, we, but we, we will. Um, $100 will get a tattoo of Fat Unicorn on my ass. The offer stands. This is a true story. True story. I hate you so much. <laughs> you set me up. You can't tee, up, tee me up and not expect me to take a swing. Um. Yeah, and uh, May's Patreon is finally out. Yay! And June is coming? Closely, close behind, yes. And we were going to do July tonight, but we're, we're just not going to have time. So we're gonna yeah, have... we started watching the movie, and it, we were just ran out of time. So Yeah, the, the night kind of caught up with us, and we got to get this done so we can get ready for uh, the crawl. So, we're, we're watching crawl? <laughs> Dude, missed opportunity. 
We should have fucking watched Crawl and called it Creepy Channel Crawl. <laughs> Nothing to do with horror. <laughs> How's Crawl doing? Doing good? I just got a chamois. <laughs> you know what my favorite part about those references is? The people who made them probably don't get them. Like, they probably forgot. <laughs> probably. <laughs> it's been a long time. It has. Uh, I wish I could find those episodes out in the ether. You should have saved them when you could. I should have. I didn't think about it then. <laughs> One of those bushes and make out. <laughs> I'll show you some shit. <laughs> uh, big unit. <laughs> 54 is not an Ichiro. <laughs> okay. Um, now we we start with the show. Yeah? Yeah. Let's do some horror business. Taylor. What's up? You watched. Sorry, that uh, was aggressive. That was aggressive. <laughs> um, you watched the season of uh, Stranger Things. I did. It's good. So good. It's really fucking good. Like last season was kind of meh. It was. It was all right. It was there. Yeah. This season. But you're was, still good. Yeah. But it but, wasn't as like engrossing as this season. Yeah. This season was like. Like I like I saw a few people saying like this was as good as the first season. It and, sucks you in early and doesn't let go. Right. It, and, like the problem with see hold on, I gotta fix my mic here. This is gonna make for awesome recording. Um the problem with season two was that uh none of the characters are really all that engaging. Like, they were just kind of there, just doing their thing. And, you know, they were solving problems as they do. But for some reason, it just didn't really grab you as much as the first season did. Maybe that's because the shine wore off a little bit. Yeah. But either way, this season really got that back. Well, and the whole, like, the Mind Flayer thing in season two was really kind of distant. Yeah. Everything wasn't as in your face. Yeah, it was really more about um, Eleven kind of coming to terms with her life, I guess, and um, kind of the subterfuge by this organization that Paul Reiser works for. Yeah. Yeah. Mad about university. <laughs> um, or for short, mad about you. <laughs> uh, anyway, so yeah, it was just um, really engaging. Um, and, it, you know, it took place in 1985. And I maintain that 1985 was probably the best year in the 80s. Not only because... Um, all of all the great films that came out that year, but also I feel like that's when the eighties lifestyle really became, like, really came into its own. 
when it kind of had separated itself from the 70s and really became like the 80s. Do you know, you get what I mean? I think so. Yeah. Um, you know, it's the same kind of thing where, you know, in, in the, like you think about like 1990, 1991, even 1992, or even that was still had that eighties vibe to it. But then, you know, getting to like 93, 94, 95, that's when the nineties really kind of came into its own. Sure. Um, and so this took place in 1985 and they really captured this kind of 1985 lifestyle where all the characters are really embracing the eighties, you know, um, Eleven goes out shopping and, you know, really gets in these 80s fashion styles and, you know, they're like all of the kids are drinking new Coke. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's just, it's, it's, and it's, it's really fun. It's, it's, it's a lot of fun. Um, so if you haven't watched it for whatever fucking reason, I really suggest you, you do that because you could, you could burn through it in a day. Like if you just sit on your ass on a Sunday, you could burn through it. Buckle in for that last episode. That's a ride. Yeah. Um. But uh, anyway, but the reason I bring that up. Oh, there is a reason. Okay. <laughs> uh, I think you know, in all three seasons of the Stranger Things, you say the Stranger. Things? I did say the Stranger <laughs> Things. <laughs> but in all three seasons of Stranger Things, I think that the main. Uh, lesson that can be learned is that you should not open portals to other dimensions. Yeah. It's ill-advised. Bad things happen. Stranger things happen. There you go. You got it. You got <laughs> it, man. Um, well, apparently that lesson hasn't sunken in with uh, physicist Leah Broussard, uh, who is working at uh, Oak Ridge National Laboratory in Tennessee um, because she is currently in the process of running experiments to do just that, open a portal to a parallel universe or the upside down, maybe. Or like fucking us. Yeah, yeah or that. Uh... In a series experiment, in a series of experiments, she plans to run at Oak Ridge this summer. Broussard will send a beam of subatomic particles down a fifty-foot tunnel, past a powerful magnet, into and into a, an impenetrable wall. Sound familiar? Does it sound familiar, Taylor? Kind of. It sounds like exactly what they're doing. Stranger Things. <laughs> Maybe that's where she got the idea. She's like, I wonder if that would work. <laughs> sure. <laughs> I'm going to give it a shot. Um, uh, if the setup is just right, and if the universe cooperates, some of those particles will transform into mirror image versions of themselves, allowing them to tunnel right through the wall. And if that happens, Olea says uh, she will have uncovered the first evidence of a mirror world right next to our own. How about that? I don't like it. It's not comforting. No. Like, if there is, like, another, like, mirror dimension that's, you know, right there, like, within our world, but in another parallel dimension, I don't want to know. Yeah. Ignorance is bliss in this case. Mm. And, you know... 
if the Flash has taught me anything, <laughs> it's that you shouldn't go to parallel worlds because it just makes a big old mess. Um, let's see. Uh, she says uh, it's pretty wacky. That's a scientific term. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, I think I probably have to agree, to say the least. Um, you wouldn't find a mirror version of yourself there. That's what they said before. <laughs> uh, but current ther- theory allows that you might find mirror atoms and mirror rocks. And maybe, just maybe, mirror planets and stars. See, I don't understand this. If there's mirror rocks and mirror fucking planets... How can you say with any certainty that there won't be mirror people or mirror beings? That yeah, that's uh, ridiculous to even suggest because you know, thinking of just like the term itself, mirror. If you look in a mirror, what's the thing that's closest to you? You exactly. I'm telling you, this is some us shit. Yeah, it's fucked up, man. Um, next thing you know, fucking mirror Tony is coming out of the mirror and being being like. You know what sucked, man, is if your mirror you came through the portal and it was like bettered everything. <laughs> or it was like, just like a dick. Or or that, yeah. <laughs> um He just like comes out and just like drinks all your beer and eats all your food. And bangs your girlfriend. <laughs> then like uh like gets her pregnant and then disappears. Yeah. I don't know. That would suck. I'm just thinking of bad things that could happen. <laughs> uh, collectively, these things could form an entire shadow world just as real as our own, but almost completely cut off from us. Now, in, I mean, in my feeble understanding of physics, it kind of sounds like she's creating another universe, not necessarily finding one or opening a portal to one. She's in effect creating one. I mean, it says this could form an entire shadow world. Yeah. It'd be like Shadow Mario. Yeah. Just as real as our own, but almost completely cut off from us. Yeah, for now. Until they figure out how to open a rift. Right. And bring through the fucking Demogorgon. Yeah. Fucking demodogs come out and eat Bob. Yeah. And make man, season three is just like, hey, remember Bob? I'm just like, ah yeah. remember what a good guy he was? <laughs> remember how great Bob was? And then he was brutally eaten by a monster. Oh, Bob, you were too beautiful for this world. R.I.P. We miss you, Bob. Um Yeah. Thoughts? I miss Bob. Yeah, man. Bob Newby. Superhero Bob. <laughs> so good. All right. That that was real real Baba. You know. <laughs> Baba Wawa. <laughs> real world horror. Yeah, That's, that was all true, in case you guys didn't know. I don't know if I announced that at you the didn't. beginning like I usually do. Well, that was real world horror. So Yeah, that shit's happening. Enjoy. We're getting seven different timelines. Yeah. 
It's going to be Evil Tony with a goatee. Maybe we're the backward, the fucking shadow world. We probably are. This is not a good time right now. This is now. not a good planet. <laughs> We've ruined it. This is bad times. Like, look at who's fucking running this country. That doesn't happen in the normal world. It's true. Maybe they'll open up the, the shadow pl- planet. And they'll be like, oh, yeah, Hillary won here. I'll be like, I'm moving there. <laughs> or I'm it's moving like, to shadow world. It's like, oh, we we changed our minds, and now a president or can stay in the office for a decade or two, whatever. And Obama's still president. It's like, oh, my God. <laughs> What is happening here? I'm never leaving this place. <laughs> anyway. Like I said, there's going to be seven different timelines. Like one of them, Gore's still president. Yeah, still. Even though he wasn't president the first time. <laughs> even though he won. Yeah, man. Like Then there's another one where Bush is still president. This is like a conceptual thing that just fucking will blow your mind. If you get into like quantum physics and splinter universes and stuff, it'll fuck you up, man. Like, if you think that any decision you make in your life could create a possible, like, bubble universe. Butterfly effect. I mean, in, in effect, yeah. Mandela effect. Um, There's a universe out there where Sinbad was in a movie called Shazam. <laughs> Never happened. <laughs> we got into an argument about that on my sister's birthday. There was, like, a group of us going back and forth. Who thought it was real? Her friend. There's no movie. No. It doesn't exist. It's like, they think it's like some conspiracy. It's like, look on the internet. Look on IMDb. Ask Sinbad. Ask him himself. <laughs> he will tell you, no, that never happened. But it's like, no, they're, they're covering it up like it's a fucking false moon landing or something. <laughs> you know who that is? Rob Thomas, Matchbox 20. Sing a song. Shut up. <laughs> Matchbox 20. Ew. <laughs> All right, we need to get on with the show. <laughs> so uh, let's do some regular horror business now. So, Grave Plot Podcast favorite, uh, Mike Flanagan. Director of Oculus and House on Haunted Hill. He's a, he's a good guy. He's he's a good dude. Maybe I don't know. He might be a dick for all we know. He's probably he might be an asshole. We don't know. But he makes good movies. He seems like a good, genuine dude. <laughs> he's a real dude, man. He seems like a homie. He's a dude. Uh, he's gonna he's coming back to Netflix with a brand new show. What called Midnight Mass? It's gonna be a seven episode, at least first series. Uh, about an isolated island community that experiences miraculous events and frightening omens after the arrival of a charismatic, mysterious young priest. Charismatic, full of charisma. Mysterious, full of mystery. (laughs) Young, full of life. And piss and vinegar. (laughs) I mean, yeah, I guess. (laughs) Like, how young? Is he, like, eight? It's like, uh... Yeah, maybe about eight. <laughs> Just like this eight-year-old priest <laughs> who's very charismatic. <laughs> uh, Flanagan will, of course, direct and serve as executive producer alongside his frequent collaborator, Trevor Macy, 
who he's worked with on uh, House on Haunted Hill and uh, Oculus and um, Hush. The Haunting of Hill House is what you mean. That's what I said, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, Flanagan on Twitter said that the series is very special to him. I'm not sure what exactly that means. That's a that's an ambiguous thing to say. Yeah, but he's kind of like left Easter eggs in his other works leading up to this. Someone on Twitter pointed out that Midnight Mass was actually a book in Hush. Uh, and Flanagan so, gave him a little uh, little thumbs up. So what you're saying is he's creating a universe. The Flaniverse, yeah. The Flaniverse. <laughs> <laughs> That's terrible. <laughs> Uh, speaking of The Haunting of Hill House, which is what I said so many times. The Flanaganiverse. Um, that's worse. <laughs> <laughs> Second verse, same as the first. What? It's a song. But right? is there... Well, yeah, it's I'm Henry yeah. VIII, I am. <laughs> Henry VIII, I am, I am. Uh, all right, instant winner. <laughs> um, he that was, is, a, that was a deep dive there. <laughs> Seven people got that. Um, he is returning for the second season of The Haunting of Hill House, titled The Haunting of Bly Manor, which is going to premiere on Netflix in 2020. No word yet on when Midnight Mass will start. Midnight. Two minutes. I mean, it's in the name, man. But I mean, like, when the show will premiere. <laughs> uh, it's not going to be like that weird Steven Spielberg show that you can only watch at night. That is, yeah, what, what the fuck, man? <laughs> um, I don't need gimmicky bullshit like that. Get out of here. Yeah, uh, Flanagan has, at least in my opinion, yet to steer us wrong. He's done pretty solid work. Yeah, like I know a lot of people didn't like Oculus, but we both liked it. A lot of people didn't like Haunting at Hill House either. Oh, really? I've heard mostly good things. Mostly, yeah. Mo I think most people did like it. Um, I think it's kind of polarizing, though. I think while most people did like it, I think there's a lot of people that really didn't. And I think those people. A lot of people say a lot of things about Hawaii. <laughs> <laughs> I think the people that didn't like it are mostly the ones that like read the book. And you're just like, oh, it's like a book. Oh, the book was better. Maybe it's better. Maybe it is. I haven't read it. I don't fucking know. Shut up. I don't read books. <laughs> what do I look like? Some kind of some kind of sycophant. Some kind of book reading guy. <laughs> like ever since Pizza Hut got rid of Book It, I don't read anymore. <laughs> <laughs> What's in it for me? I can't get free pizza anymore. Fuck that. Ever since they discovered audiobooks, man, I just finally discovered that I didn't have time to read. I just I just let. Alan Alda and Brian from Wings read books to me. There you go. There it is. So, cool. <laughs> so you hype for Midnight Mass or what? Like, trying to get your Midnight Mass on? Yeah, I mean, I'm trying to see what that eight-year-old priest does. <laughs> I want to see how he handles himself. I mean, he is very charismatic. <laughs> so much charisma. Charisma coming out of his ass is what's happening. All right, don't talk about eight-year-old asses. That's... <laughs> <laughs>
So we've heard a lot in the you know past year or two about Gremlins Three. You know, Joe Dante himself talking a lot about it, but it seems like we haven't really heard much about it lately, right? Yeah, I think the last thing we heard was uh, Zach Galligan saying that like he would love to do it, but I don't think he had been asked or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I mean, the fact that Joe Dante was kind of on board and and mo- seemed to be moving forward with it, um, it's, I don't know if it's kind of stalled or if they're just kind of keeping it under wraps or what. But over the over at uh, Warner Media, um which uh, is actually a Warner Brothers streaming service. Um, they are planning a prequel series, um, uh, an animated prequel series, I should say. Uh, it's going to be titled Gremlins, colon, Secrets of the Mogwai. Um, and uh, it is officially moving forward. Uh, apparently, was it been rumored or something? Uh, I don't know. First oh. I heard of it. Well, it's moving forward. So... Good. Uh, it's going to be set in the 1920s. Did you mention that it's animated? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Uh, it's going to be set in the uh, 1920s in Shanghai. Um, the series is going to tell of how a 10-year-old Sam Wing, uh, who was the Mr. Wing in uh, Gremlins, one owned the shop. Yep. He's like, Mugway takes lots of responsibility. Something like that. I'm paraphrasing. Yeah, I don't think that's an exact quote. <laughs> he said something to that effect. We also have Frogert. <laughs> uh, Frogert is also cursed. Um, yes. Okay. So this uh, is about uh, Mr. Wing as a, as a 10-year-old boy. Who first a young meet, boy? A young boy who first meets the young Mogwai, who will then, or who eventually become known as Gizmo. Um, that's gonna be weird. It's just gonna be Mogwai. Like he won't be named Gizmo. Well, no, it's Gizmo, but it won't. He won't be called. He won't Gizmo. be Gizmo. Whoa! Crazy. Mind fuck. Um, along with a teenage street thief named L. Sam and Gizmo take a perilous journey through the Chinese countryside, encountering and sometimes battling colorful monsters and spirits from Chinese folklore. On their quest to return Gizmo to his family and uncover a legendary treasure, they are pursued by a power-hungry industrialist and his growing army of evil gremlins. Sounds like Gremlins 2. It does sound like Gremlins 2. Um, or Gremlins, the new batch. Is it... Is it called gremlins too i think it's called gremlins the new batch i just always think of it as gremlins too but you're right it is i mean that's the the subtitle is the new batch um the 10 episode series is being penned by it's called gremlins Two: the new batch okay uh it's being penned by c chun uh who worked on gotham and once upon a time uh there's as of yet no release date so you know, keep uh, keep abreast of that if you're interested. If you're into cartoons, particularly ones featuring an adorable little mugway, this doesn't really interest me. Not really, you know. Especially like, because it's on a streaming service that I, I don't already pay for. Yeah, 
I don't know. Just like the story of how Mr. Wing met Gizmo is not a story I ever really had any interest in. Yeah. The, you know, Gizmo is adorable. Uh, and he, he he's an affable character that you kind of admire, but he's really like not the most interesting part of the story. Yeah. I mean, the movie's not called Mogwai. No. Um, so, I mean, it, it does say that there are actually gremlins in this, but they're not going to be the primary focus. I'm not really sure how interested I'll be. And it's definitely not going to have the same kind of um, action or um, violence factor that the original did. So, Well, no, it's a cartoon, of course. Yeah, not. exactly. So... I don't know. This is just one of the many things that they did, and like especially in like the '90s, where they took like these uh, mostly adult-oriented movies and turned them into cartoons. It's just like you're you're really changing kind of the the context. Yeah, exactly. Um, so anyway, but if you're interested, um, I, I'd get that Warner Media uh, subscription. You know, in order. Or don't. Don't pay for another streaming service. Or it's it's all circling back around to cable. Oh, I know. Like, so I already pay for cable. On top of that, I pay for Amazon. But, I mean, I pay for Prime, which comes with Amazon Video, which is great. Um, we pay for Hulu, and we share it with my wife's parents. And in return, they share the Netflix with us. Um, and, but we don't pay for any extra streaming services because it's fucking ridiculous because we already pay for cable. But like you said, all these different channels and all these different companies are, everyone's getting their own streaming service now. Disney's going to have their own. Warner's going to have their own. CBS already has their own. Yeah. And it's going to get to a point where they're all everything's going to leave Hulu and Netflix. Yeah. And so you're going to be left with all these different streaming services that you have to pay for individually. And I've actually heard people suggest, it's like, oh man, whoever decides to package all these streaming services together, they're going to be, they're going to make millions. It's like, you mean cable? Yeah. You literally just described cable. Yeah. So it's, I mean, it's, it's just another example of life being secular. Yeah. Or sec- secular. Not secular. <laughs> Circular, eh, whatever. Circuitous. That was that word we learned a couple episodes ago. Sure. <laughs> but so, I don't think I don't think that, that it applies here. No, it doesn't. So that's it. Gremlins. Yeah. All right, so I want to preface this next story by saying, please take this with a grain of salt, because Sam Raimi is Sam Raimi is more often than not full of shit, or he talks about things that he hasn't that he could never follows through on. But Sam Raimi, in an interview with Bloody Disgusting, mentioned that we might see some new Evil Dead canon. Uh huh. 
Uh, he said, I'd love to make another one. I don't think TV is in its future, but we're talking about Bruce, Rob, and myself. One or two different ways to go for the next movie. It's it's really hard to get excited about this. Thing is, I I think Raimi has the best intentions. Like I think when he tells us this stuff, I think he fully intends to follow through on it. But I think he's talking in a way that if I had all the money and all the power in the world, here's what I would do. But getting a studio behind him and getting all this other stuff is a whole other story. Well, yeah. I mean, like, what what would we all do if we had the money to do so, you know? Make Evil Dead movies. So, what are these one or two uh, different ways they could go, you ask? What are these one or two different ways they could go, Taylor? Well, Ramey continues, I would be thrilled if Bruce Campbell changed his mind about re- retirement, would come back for the original Evil Deadline. Oh, wouldn't we all? I don't know. Would we? Like, don't get me wrong. I fucking love Bruce with all my heart. He's 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 an angel sent from heaven. But <laughs> I don't know. Like, is is an Army of Darkness sequel this far in the future really something we want? Well, I mean, yes, I, yes, it is. Okay, you're right. Um, uh, but if not, stupid. <laughs> but if not, I'm very happy to work with if Fade would come back and make the sequel. But he's such a big shot now. He is. What is he? Like he made Don't Breathe and then when the girl with the dragon tattoo. What's he working on now? Oh, wait. The girl that kicked the spider's nest or whatever it was. Or whatever, yeah. He he directed that? Yeah. I guess I didn't know that. The newest one. Right. With um, uh, Claire. For Lonnie. <laughs> Whatever happened to Claire Forlani? Is she still doing things? Who knows? She's off being British. Yeah. <laughs> As they do. <laughs> no, that chick that was in um, Unsane, and uh, she's she plays Queen Elizabeth in the Crown. Claire something or other. She played Liz Salander. Hmm. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> Uh, well, I mean, according to Raimi, quote, he's so successful, an artist in demand, that I don't think he'd want to do that. Didn't he say that he wants it? I mean, this is years ago, but didn't he say he wants to do the next one? I believe he did, yeah. I don't know why he would just turn that off and say, nah, you know what? I don't do that anymore. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it pretty much made him as a director. And like, you know that's, what? That's the move. That's the reason why he would be in demand now. And you know what, Sam? If he doesn't want to do it, that's on you. Because he was all geared up to do a sequel, and you put on the fucking brakes. Yeah, you made, went and made an alligator movie. Yeah. Which, which kind of looks boss. I don't really care. Like, when we first reported on it, or if we, did we report on it? I don't think so. I don't know. When I first read about it, I was like, this sounds fucking stupid. And then I saw the trailer, and I was like, fuck, that looks awesome. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I've seen the trailer... Handful of times and just it doesn't really. I mean, I really like Alexander Aja. Really? Yeah, you don't. I mean, uh, it's kind of whatever for me, but I know a lot of people don't like him. Oh well, fuck them. <laughs> sure. Uh, Remy says there's also a third possibility we're talking about. He just dangles that out there. It's probably uh, what's that? 
uh, porn. Mm, yeah. Evil head. <laughs> That's been done. Has it? Probably. Probably. Fucking porn uh, uh, parodies are all the rage. Oh, they're on top of it, man. It, it takes like a week for them. But they don't do the, the clever names anymore. They always had, you know, like the Forest Hump and stuff. It was always his clever names. Now they just take the title and put Triple X. Yeah, yeah, end. like the Avengers Triple X. Like, I don't know. Like, yeah. how, do you, how do you not get sued? Yeah, right. I, I really doubt that Marvel or Disney, for that matter, is giving you any kind of license to do that. Fuck no. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Oh, uh, but Raimi says, uh, I think you may see some action on the Evil Dead movie in the next six months. Yeah, sure. Don't hold your breath. Oh, I'm not. <laughs> uh, because I've heard this story before <laughs> several times. Someone needs to go back to Raimi like January 10th, 2020. Just be like, it's been six months there, Sam. <laughs> where's, the, where's the Evil Dead news? Or go back to him and like, you promised! <laughs> Or go go back to him, like but go back in time, to like right after Evil Dead Two came out, and just show him all of the articles where he was just saying, "Yeah, it was. We'll make another one. We'll make another one. We'll make another one," and then it never fucking happens. Yep. God damn it. Did did Jane Levy has Jane Levy said anything about making another one? Um. I feel like part of me remembers her saying she didn't want to do it. Part of me remembers her saying that she has not been made aware of anything. That sounds familiar, too. So I'm going to go with that one. Yeah. Okay. So so who knows? But yeah, I mean, like you said, Alvarez talked about it. He also talked about making a second uh, Don't Breathe. So who knows what's going on? Yeah. A second don't breathe sounded cool, like at the time, because it was so hype on the first one. But now that it's had time to kind of settle and simmer for a while, it's just like it's one of those movies that I don't feel needs a sequel. Like it's not a franchise. Yeah, it's like that doesn't make sense. Don't don't do that. Yeah. (laughs) Not that I wouldn't love seeing Jane Levy on the screen more. Oh, for sure, because she is just a doll. What's she working on? I don't know. She should be doing things. Working that ass. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was tasteless. Quite. Okay. Let's press on. So last episode, right, we talked about the new Saw movie that is uh, it's just, you know, it's happening. <laughs> for, for us to have ever thought that another Saw movie wasn't going to happen, that was just being naive, I guess. Right? Probably. Because it's just, we're going to be old and... We're going to be picking Saw out of our butts. <laughs> What? 
Are you implying that we're going to be eating Saw movies? Yeah. All right. I'm going to be picking this guy's teeth out of my dump. <laughs> anyway, the interesting thing about the new Saw movie was that uh, Chris Rock is heading it up. Uh, or doing something. He's, he's EPing, I, I believe, at the very least. Uh, but it's I mean, sounding like he's... It, if, if, if we like jump ahead in the story here, but like if you re- read this last line, it says it was this movie was developed based on Chris Rock's love of the franchise. What? <laughs> like we got to make another one. Why? Because Chris Rock fucking loves it. <laughs> His agent probably walked into Lions, not Lionsgate. Yeah. Twist, Lionsgate? Lionsgate put out at least the first couple. That was Twisted Pictures. They, yeah, both. I think Twisted Pictures made it and Lionsgate distributed it. Well, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, walked into Twisted Pictures and be like, so guys, I am so-and-so. I represent, represent Chris Rock, and I have to tell you, we love the Saw movies. Oh, well, thanks. We really appreciate that. Like, so what can we do about that? <laughs> what? What, what do you mean? <laughs> when can we get? When, when can we make, make another Saw movie? Well, we ended the series. I don't think you understand. Chris. Chris really wants another Saw movie. He is in love with these movies, and he wants to be in the Saw movie. Uh, Well, we don't really have plans. He's going to give you $50 million. Hello, is this Darren Lynn Bousman? (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, um, so, yeah, so Chris Rock is behind it for whatever reason. Darren Lynn Bousman is directing yep yeah the fuck was that <laughs> was dirty yawning oh <laughs> sounded like an old man outside <laughs> let me in oh shit myself man <laughs> uh so aside from that news we're hearing about some casting uh it's being confirmed that chris rock will actually star in the film um, which isn't too big of a surprise, I guess. Um, he's going to play a police detective investigating a series of grisly crimes. So he's playing Danny Glover? It's, uh, yeah, sounds that <laughs> way. Um, here's here's even less of a surprise. Samuel Jackson's going to be in it. <laughs> of fucking course he is. <laughs> Because it wouldn't be a Hollywood movie without Samuel L. Jackson. He'll be starring as Chris Rock's father. Which, when I first read that, I'm like, does that doesn't make sense. But I guess it does. He's in his 70s. Chris Rock is probably what, in his 40s. Yeah, probably. Maybe 50s. So, yeah. So Samuel L. Jackson is the motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Max Minghella, uh, who starred in Horns and the Darkest Hour. I got the horns. He's going to play William. Sh- I like how all these other characters, these throwaway characters have names, but Chris Rock's character doesn't. Because they don't want to ruin the surprise that he actually plays a young Danny Glover. <laughs> um, t- 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 
Uh, he's playing William Shank, who is Chris Rock's partner. Um, Marisol Nichols, uh, who was in Scream 2 and Riverdale. Why did you put so much funk on that first name? I don't know. Marisol. Marisol. Are you Sancho? <laughs> no, you are not Sancho. Nor Scott Bayo Sancho. <laughs> Frank Gifford, he is not Sancho. But I am Sancho. Sancho. Are you Marisol? <laughs> anyway, um, Marisol Nichols, who was in Scream 2, and, and she's currently in Riverdale. Um, God, she was in Vegas Vacation. She played Audrey. Oh, okay. Yeah, you know, you know her. Is Vegas Vacation that was uh, uh the one in e- Vegas? No shit. <laughs> Ethan Embry played Rusty, right? Yeah, it's one of the best ones. Mm. Behind Vacation and Christmas, Christmas. It's better than European. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> And uh, the new one with Ed Helms. I didn't even bother with that. That was shit. that was a doo doo pie. Um. Anyway, she's gonna play Captain Angie Garza, who is Chris Rock's boss. Take a doo doo pie. <laughs> um, the film is in production as Saw Nine. God, nine of these fucking movies. But why? It will be canonized. Which so it's been, a reboot in the literal sense of the word. Yeah, uh, that has been confirmed by uh, Joe Drake, who's the chairman of Lionsgate. Uh, he said, "We think Samuel L. Jackson and Chris Rock, along with Max Minghella and Minghella, is that is that right? Minghella, Minghella. You gotta like hit your G in the back of your throat. Minghella <laughs> and Madison Nichols." <laughs> Uh, I've seen her play so many different uh, uh, races and creeds. Oh, really? <laughs> seen her play white. I've seen her play Hispanic uh, slash Latin. I've seen her play Arabic. <laughs> She's all over the place. <laughs> um, where did I leave off? Let's have it. Medicine. Medicine Nichols. Film this. Make this film completely special in, in the Saw canon, and we can't wait to unleash this unexpected and sinister new story <laughs> on the fans. I almost, I thought that said farts at first. <laughs> on the fans of the franchise, uh, this is the next the level. Stupid farts that still watch this <laughs> shit. This is the next level of Saw on full tilt. That what means, that means nothing. That that means nothing. That is such. Fucking Hollywood bullshit. PR speak. It's like, it's like basically what he's saying in a veiled way is like, hey, here's another Saw movie. Watch it because you're sheep. Because <laughs> you're farts. <laughs> <laughs> Watch this movie, you farts. <laughs> uh, there's still no word on whether or not we'll see Jigsaw, played by Tobin Bell, uh, in the new installment. And, uh, I mean, we shouldn't because he's dead. He's been fucking dead <laughs> the for entire six fucking movies. Um, uh, the movie is set for release on October twenty third, twenty twenty. 
If it's Halloween, it must be Saw. <laughs> farts. Just farts all over the place. <laughs> Uh, the film itself is being described as a Saw experience, which is what? just absolute fucking nonsense. When I hear a Saw experience, I think of like an escape room. Yeah, or like an attraction at uh, Universal Studios or something. Yeah. Um, it was developed based on Chris Rock's love of the franchise and written by Pete Goldfinger and Josh Stolberg. And will be directed by Derek Bows- Darren Bowsman. Goldfinger. An interesting thing is this this, uh, this magician that I follow uh, on YouTube. I was telling you this earlier. His name is Chris Ramsey. Um, there was something. I don't know if they were just joking or what, but like he's saying that he's going to be in the next Saw movie. Um, and like he was posting like Instagram, like he and Darren Bowsman both were posting Instagram stories and then like, like together. And I don't know if they're joking or if they're just hanging out or if they're working on some other kind of project or if he's actually going to be in Saw, but I thought that was interesting. I mean, Chris Rock and Samuel L. Jackson are in it, so I feel like the the, the chains are off. Like there's no telling what's going to happen. <laughs> the sky's the limit. Yeah. <laughs> Chris Rock and Samuel Jackson are involved. Um, anyway, like so, seriously, after you saw the first one, if I told you, oh yeah, in ten years there's going to be another one with Chris Rock and Samuel L. Jackson in it, you would have told me I was a fucking idiot. Yeah, and then you would have told me who the president was, and I would have been like, what fucking planet are you living? In? Yeah, you've been like, that's not real life. Yeah, it's like in Back to the Future when Mar- what? It's like in Back to the Future two when Biff becomes president. He's not president. Biff becomes Supreme powerful ruler of the world. <laughs> no, it's like in uh, Back to the Future when um, when uh, Doc asks Marty, asks Marty who the president is in 1985, and he says Ronald Reagan. He's like Ronald Reagan, the, the actor? actor. It's like that, except more ridiculous. Yeah, and stupid and pathetic. Um, so saw, you know. Saw nine, get uh, get get going. Saw meets rock. Okay, so you remember earlier how I said that thing about taking the story with a grain of salt? Yeah. Take yeah, this next one with all the salt. The entire shaker? Just eat eat the shaker. <laughs> Shove the whole thing in your throat until you die. Wow. Okay. <laughs> that bad, huh? <laughs> in an exclusive story from Bloody Disgusting. Uh-huh. As they are. A, quote, extremely reliable insider uh-huh. has claimed that David Gordon Green has decided to return to the director's chair for Halloween 2. But, but wait, there's more. Oh, boy. Also, Halloween 3. Uh, so they're going to pull a matrix on But us. wait, there's more. Oh, God. <laughs> Usually, like that I means that's like good news, but in this case, I feel like it's gonna make it worse. From what Bloody Disgusting was told, 
not only will the two sequels be filmed back to back, but there is discussion of them both coming out October 2020. What? Why would you do that? Why would you cut into your own box office? That's asinine. Like, do they think people will go see two at once? I won't. Are they going to show them as a double header? Double feature? I won't pay for two movies. Like, if you want to show them to me both at the same time, then I'll, sure, pay for that. But I'm not going to go pay for a double feature and pay the same ticket price twice. That is absurd, sir. It's just, that's bizarre to me. I I just can't fathom why you would have two movies, two sequels to each other come out in the same month. I don't think I've ever heard of that. No. I'm, I'm calling bullshit on this one. Me too. I don't believe it. I call shenanigans. Tony's calling shenanigans. Um, According to Bloody Disgusting, the story is believable because when they shot the first film, they were originally going to shoot two back to back. Which, you know, sure, that if they were going to make the first two, sure, but that doesn't explain them coming out at the same time. Yeah. There's... There's no logic behind that whatsoever. None. Yeah. I mean, like, shooting them both at the same time, sure, that's been done countless times. Yeah, like you said, Matrix did it. Matrix, Lord of the Rings, um, Back to the Future. Uh, God, what are some other... Uh, the, 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 it doesn't matter. It's been done... Rule of threes. What? Rule of threes. Move on. Sure. Um yeah, countless times, and uh, so th- that's not far-fetched. If they want to shoot two sequels at the same time, whatever, so be it. But to release them at the same time, that's asinine. I don't think any studio would let them do that. Yeah, like, what's what's the advantage? There isn't one. They're 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 hedging their bets on on sheer fandom. And, like, if you're going to do that, then the second one better be good. Yeah, because if, if that one sucks, then people aren't going to pay for the second, the third one. Yeah. Not not they'll necessarily pay for the third one anyway. It's like, like when, when you release a film, you know, in a series, and you release one every few years, you know, you can not only bring in the fans, but you can bring in the casual fans, too. You know, people are just like, oh, yeah, I'll go see a Halloween movie, whatever. But when you release them two at a time, you're you're going to lose 50% of that audience, at least. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty much you're appealing to the diehards, and that's it. Yeah. So, I'm like I said, I'm calling bullshit on this. I think this reliable insider is full of shit. Yeah, I, I can believe them that they might film two of them back to back, but I don't believe that they would come out in this... Yeah. You know, even if it's not the same day and even in the same month, that's rid- ridiculous. Yeah. Anyway. So that's it. Yep. And that's horror business, guys. Are you excited? 
Yeah. That was fun. It was a fun hunter business. It was pretty good. <laughs> you a good job. Go us. <laughs> All right, guys, so we're going to press on and get this uh, show on the road or, you know, other other euphemisms. Euphemisms. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Here are our film reviews. All right, guys, so we had two new releases out in theaters currently. Actually, Child's Play not may not be anymore. Big time Hollywood movies. Yeah. Hollywood horror. Hollywood. Hollywood kids. <laughs> oh, uh. <laughs> oh, uh. oh, I know. Oh, 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 Um. Anyway, Taylor, which film would you like to start with? Let's start with the remake of Child's Play. I know this move has been really tough, but this is supposed to be a new start for us, remember? You said you were going to try to make new friends. Buddy can connect to and control all of your Caslin products and smart home devices. Introducing your new best friend. Something's wrong with Chucky. Buddy can connect to and control all of your cameras. Chucky is a toy. He could be anywhere. Welcome to Castle and Car. We have to stop him. Already, huh? So, Child's Play. Um, it's too far away for me for it to be helpful. Okay. Child's Play uh, is a remake. Sorry. Of uh, the 1984? 88. No. 88. I'm looking right at it. No. Anyway. So, I mean, we talked about this a lot before it actually came out. Um, How, you know, Don Mancini, Wanna Wrestle, is still pursuing his Chucky franchise. Meanwhile, MGM and Orion were like, fuck you. 
we own Child's Play, we're going to make a new franchise, and I don't think that's going to happen, because <laughs> here's a little spoiler, guys. This movie sucked. It's doing well, though. It's making money. What, is, all, what, is, what does about. that even mean? That's all they care about, dude. I don't think it's making enough money for them to make a sequel. I don't know that for sure, and I'm not in the business, obviously. So all I know is it's been out for less than a month, and last I saw Thursday, so yesterday, was the last showings, in my area at least. Domestically, it has made almost $28 million. Which is nothing. Like that's 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 garbage. Yeah. Well, like, see. But the budget was only ten million. <sighs> okay. <laughs> it still sucks. I don't take that back. Um. Anyway, so basically everything is different. I was gonna say, forget everything you know about Child's Play. There, there is nothing. In line with the original, except for the fact the main characters are Andy, Karen, and Mike. And Chucky. And Chucky. Um, and that is, well, it's not necessarily all it has in, you know, it's not all that has similar with the original, but the context is completely different. Um in the original, Andy was a what a five, six, no, like an eight-year-old kid, I'd say, right around there. Six. Okay, well, so it's closer the first time. Um, and in this, in this one, he's like a teenager. Yeah, he's like thirteen, maybe fourteen. Thirteen. Does it say? Yeah. Oh, well, goddamn. All right. <laughs> Shouldn't just go with my gut. <laughs> um, oh, and it does place take place in Chicago. 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 Bang bang. Um But so okay, we have the good guy dolls. They're not called good guy dolls. Nope. They are called buddy, buddy dolls. With an I. Yeah. Because Body. <laughs> <laughs> You got to spell it with an I because it's the future. Because then you can trademark it. Yeah. Because Apple. Oh, iPod, iPhone, I the eyes. Have it. Yep. <laughs> anyway. Uh, and this is being brought to us by a company called the Caslin Corporation, um, who's... It's led up or head up by it's an its creator fucking otter from Animal House, <laughs> um, who's never actually in the movie. He only appears through recordings that is used for marketing for the company. Yeah, he's never there in person. Um, Karen works at some kind of Walmart or not Walmart, but like, like Kmart or it's called Zedmart. Yeah. But it's, it's. I mean, it's basically Walmart. Yeah, it's. It. I. I associate more closely with like like Kmart as as far as how the store itself is set up. Um, 
but uh yeah it's just you know a chain store electronics and and shit like that um and uh she happens across a buddy doll that is returned by a customer for being defective and i guess i kind of skipped over the beginning where when you go to so it opens up with uh fucking what's his name some whatever his name is caslin talking about how you know how virtuous the company is and and uh how much you know they're they're here to help the common man with their buddy dolls who are basically glorified alexas um they're, they're, yeah, they're walking, talking Alexas. Yeah, they're, they're Alexas with a face. I mean, that's that's really all they are. A fucking um, gross face. This doll is ugly as shit. Yeah. It's like, I wouldn't give this to my child ever. Ever. Like, I mean, it looks like, like you took a regular doll and then like put another head over the top of it, because the head is massive. <laughs> yeah, it is. And then like held a lighter near it, just long enough for it to melt a little bit. It's It's almost as if... That in the time that they shifted away from practical effects and, you know, and uh, animatronics and started doing everything with CGI, that it's almost as if they forgot how to make animatronics. <laughs> and so everything got bigger instead of smaller. Yeah. Um, like but, the head on this thing is massive. Yeah. It's like if this were like a real child, it'd be like fucking Stewie Griffin. Yeah. Um. And it's voiced by Mark Hamill, which was I was just a terrible it's a waste. Choice. Well, yeah, I mean it was a waste. Mark Hamill is a great voice actor, but the, he doesn't flex his muscles at all. Well, I mean, what, what he, is he supposed to do? He he's, sounds the same all throughout the movie. His voice never changes. He's supposed to be the voice of a robot. Yeah, and like why? Like Brad Dorif when he was doing the voice, like when he got got really evil, his voice would change. Yeah, and you know when. Be, when he was, you know, uh, posing as just a regular good guy doll or before he possessed the doll, it just had like a little kid voice. Yeah. It wasn't even Brad Dorf. But throughout this, the, the doll is voiced by Mark Hamill, which is a terrible voice for a child's doll. This is terrible. <laughs> Why wouldn't you get like another like a kid to voice it or a woman that could make a, like do a child's voice that's asinine yeah and i said that when they announced the casting um and like i'm i'm glad to see that after seeing the film that holds strong like it was a terrible choice <laughs> um and uh yeah so karen she gets a buddy doll because this doll was made intentionally defective in Vietnam at the Caslin Corporation's assembly factory where this fucking like downtrodden programmer or whatever is just sitting at his desk staring off into space and this fucking like generic ass boss comes up and yells at him. He's like, Oh, I'm going to put you back on the street where I found you. Blah, 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 blah. You're fired. Finish this doll and get out of here. And so what does this guy do? He's like, well, fuck you. And he reprograms this. He turns the switch to evil. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly what he does. All of these pre-programmed parameters, like no violence, no, you know. Curse words. Yeah. It's like all these things that they programmed into these dolls. He just switches them off. 
And it's it all operates off of this single chip that he then puts onto the, the fucking motherboard of this doll. And he's like, and just, you know, stitches it up. And it's like, what a fucking bullshit phoned-in backstory. And then offs himself. Yeah. He jumps out the fucking building. He's like, and this guy, he says, I'm going to throw you out on the street. It's like, this guy was coding faster than anybody I've ever seen. <laughs> this guy could walk into any company in Seattle area and get a job in five minutes. <laughs> yeah. Or San Francisco or. Yeah. So don't sell me this bullshit of this poor guy who's got this college education, presumably, otherwise years and years of experience of coding, who's just like, oh my God, I can't work in the Caslin company anymore. I'm going to kill myself. <laughs> Fuck off. I mean, Caslin is basically Amazon. More or less, yeah. Um. Yeah, so anyway, this doll that's now defective and intentionally evil, uh, Karen gets it from a customer that returns it um, and gives it to Andy. Um, And this is when the movie basically turns into the little soldiers, uh, like I was saying it was going to. (laughs) Um, Basically, Chucky is like... He's defective and violent, violent, but to a f- like he he's Andy's best friend, or Andy is his best friend, like to a fault, where he is doing these terrible things in order to protect Andy. Um, and uh, you know things just start going awry, and you know Andy's Andy thinks it's kind of cool to have this thing to you know, scare people and threaten people and namely his mom's boyfriend um, at first. But then shit starts to get crazy. Chucky takes it too far. Yeah. Um, Because he doesn't have those parameters set, it kind of prevents him from becoming violent and just dog shit. Anyway, um, I won't get into spoilers. So I'll I'll end it there. Uh, what'd you think, Taylor? Okay, so if you take the entire like take the name out of the equation, take the fact that it's a remake out of the equation. First of all, if if you do that and think about it that way, the character of Chucky is completely unnecessary. This could have just been evil AI gone haywire, yeah, and basically been maximum overdrive. Sure, yeah. Um. And if you think about it that way, the movie is okay. That's one way to look at it. It's, I mean, even calling it fine, I feel like is a bit of a stretch. It's, it's pretty boring for the most part. Um, I I thought the the climax of the scene in the store was pretty good. I thought it had its moments, um, but then when you th- add in the fact that they called it child's play. They called the doll Chucky, but nothing is the same. Like, literally nothing. Yeah. And it's just like, why? What is the point? Like, I know why, because you know Child's Play will sell. Yeah. You know people will come and see a movie called Child's Play because they know Child's Play. Yeah, this is a prime example of them using uh, a film and a, and a franchise's name and its name only. 
It's not being faithful to the... Well, that's not fair. It's it's being f- somewhat faithful to the original story, but in a very tenuous way. Like, it's it's unrecognizable. Like, the, the underlying plot is completely different. Yeah. Completely. If you, if you would have changed the main character's names, you would have never known this was supposed to be the same movie. Yeah. I mean, it was that different. Yeah. And, you know, like, there were, like, even though Chucky, it's the doll itself, looked fairly different, there was, it was still pretty much identical. Like, it had a giant fucking head and a creepy face, but it still had red hair. It still wore sus- overalls, overalls and... with a striped shirt underneath. It still had red still, sneakers. Still carried the knife. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it was just purely a marketing uh, scheme to um, cash in on on a franchise that already existed without having to step on the toes of the director that they pissed off already. Yep. And not step on the, the franchise that he's still continuing, that he's still making properties for. Right. And I'm not like a big child's play guy. Like I enjoy the first two movies. Even even the third one has some merit. Um most of the Chucky movies are a little weak compared to the original three. Um and you know, funny enough, Don you know, Don Mancini's the one that's running things now. But the original film was actually directed by Tom Holland, who directed Fright Night. Um, For real. And, uh, you know, that that's... But Tom Holland wrote it. Or Don, uh, Don Mancini wrote it, though. Yes. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, you know, hands down, the first one is the best of the series. Yeah. Um, but then, you know, like Curse of Chucky kind of had a return to form of the original films, I think. Yeah, I agree. Um, one thing that pissed me off about this one was that where Child's Play was fairly serious. I mean, like it had kind of a, a ridiculous notion to it. The fact that it's like a talking child's doll, but it wasn't played for laughs. It was mostly a very serious matter. Mm-hmm. This one was just a big joke. Like even after Chucky started killing people. It was still played for laughs. Yeah. It's just like, what are you going for here? Is this a comedy movie? It's like, do you. It wasn't very funny. Huh? It wasn't funny. (laughs) No, it wasn't. But it's like, do do you even know what movie you're making? Do you know what you're doing? It almost seems like, for all I know, this might be the case, but it seems like they took a script and then, like, layered in things over the top of it to make it a child's play movie. Like they, they, it could they, be like, like literally they, like they had an evil Alexa or something and they were like, what if we make this a doll and name it Chucky and call it <laughs> child's play? Yeah. I mean that, that could have easily been done. Um, Cause there's, there's seriously like so little from the original movie that carries over that it's, it's like the person who wrote this had never even seen the first one. Right. Um, Yeah, I mean, I don't see any indication that the script was written beforehand or 
modified to fit uh, and you know they probably wouldn't publicize that anyway but um you know the kid that played Andy he was fine he was a, a stark contrast actually everyone in this was a stark contrast to their original characters yeah I mean, I can't stand Aubrey Plaza. Like, other than the names, the characters are really very different yeah. in every way. Yeah, I mean... Other than, you know, like, Mike is a cop. Yeah. Which doesn't even matter in this one. No, it really doesn't. Uh, I mean, it kind of comes in, in into play at the end, I guess. Um, I mean, I guess in the fact that he has a gun. <laughs> yeah. and that's I mean, the fact that he's kind of been investigating these deaths. And he's kind of like in the know, um. But yeah, I don't know. There's just like Karen is completely different because she's fucking Aubrey Plaza, so she's really sarcastic and obnoxious. Um, and then Andy, Andy was actually okay, but he was nothing like the original character. No, like like we said, he's older and he's very like awkward and socially. You know, like an outcast. Yeah. He, ha- he, he has uh, no friends. He had a hearing impairment, which was weird. And didn't serve a purpose. Yeah, other than f- for it to be something that Chucky could access. Yeah. To, like, speak right, right into his ear. Um, which didn't do anything. Didn't accomplish anything. Yeah. What was weird to me, and, you know, it may not be too far off from you know, a very near future, but it was, this was all predicated on the idea that everyone uses Kaslin products in every aspect of their home. Yeah. Um, and it's just, that's not the case. Like, yeah, I mean, Kaslin is basically a combination of Amazon, Apple, and Google. Yeah. It's like all, yeah, all the tech giants. Yeah. But uh, it's like, it's, you know, in this film, there's just the one. Yeah. And they control everything right um yeah i don't know i don't really have much else to say about this um like the ai was it was an you know an interesting take like i said it did remind me a lot it reminded me more of maximum overdrive than it did of child's play yeah like you know leading up to this and i said it multiple times um that it sounded like uh, small soldiers and I, I still hold true to that even after seeing it. It's like this was a, a horror-esque version of Small Soldiers. And like there's a fair amount of blood in it, but there's like no gore. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's like a decapitated head. And that's kind of like the... Ex- oh, no, it's not even a decapitated head. It's just like a skin put over a watermelon. Right yeah. <laughs> that's... Pretty much the extent of of the the gore, I guess. I mean, you see that same person with their face ripped off. That's true. You see their skull. <clears throat> but anyway, which was kind of funny because it was after they were watching Texas Chainsaw Massacre two. Yeah, and they had ripped off the face, and Andy was like, "That would never happen." Right. Yeah, I mean, that was kind of um, kind Novel. of. Yeah, kind of interesting. I'm not going to go as far as to say that it was, like, uh, captivating (laughs) Um, or thought-provoking, but the fact that this learning computer 
and Chucky was learning from things like that. Yeah. I mean, that concept could potentially be a little scary, but um, I'm not going to act like I was impressed by it. <laughs> so anyway, anything else to say about this? Um, I mean, like I said, I thought the, the big climax where Chucky finally started actually controlling things. That was the other thing was like, he could control all the AI, but it, it was not really brought into play until the very end of the movie. Yeah. Like I would have liked to see more of him controlling. And also his finger would light up and he would like move things with his finger. Like he was fucking 11 from stranger things. Yeah. Like, what are you doing? That's stupid. Yeah. Like you're not a fucking wizard. No, like you're a computer. Yeah. You like you control things through fucking radio waves. Yeah. Not not by fucking gestures. It's not horse shit. Your fucking it's arbitrary glow worm finger. Like yeah. it's, it's ET. Yeah. So that was stupid. Yeah. Yeah. I don't. This whole thing was just dumb. I think it was like on top of it just being reprehensible that they just were making this strictly. Oh, I really think that they were making it just to stick it to Don Mancini. Um, and on top of that, it wasn't a good movie. Yeah. So um, I'm going to really kick their ass on this one and say I'm going to give it a two. Damn. Yeah, fuck this movie. <laughs> like, if if this movie just, if the original Child's Play didn't exist on its own merit, I might give this a four or a five. But since it is just a knockoff, it's just a cash in. Um, I got to knock it down to a three. Yeah. Yeah. This movie was dog shit. And, you know, there I've seen a few a few people out there, you know, uh, other film, re- other film reviewers, other podcasters being much less uh, aggressive with their reviews than we are on this. Um, but that's not going to skew my opinion at all this was a heap of shit man this never should have been made yeah like this this is like the kind of thing you would find in the bargain bin if it wasn't a child's play movie yeah this is like a sweeted version of child's play yeah anyway anyway uh moving on our second film is the newest film from ari aster the filmmaker behind um hereditary it's called Midsummer. I told you that I want to go to that festival in Sweden. No, you said it would be cool to go. Yeah, and then I got the opportunity and I decided Look, I to do it. I don't mind you going. I just wish you would have told me. That's all. Dude, she needs a therapist. You've been wanting out of this stupid relationship for like a year now. And don't forget about all of the beautiful Swedish women you'll meet in June. Okay, guys. That's not her again. Seriously? Babe, what's happening? Danny. I was so very sorry to hear about what happened. I'm sorry. I invited Danny to come to Sweden. You know what she's been going through? Christian says you've got this special week planned. It's sort of a crazy festival. Special ceremonies and dressing up. That sounds fun. Unbelievable. 
Welcome and happy midsummer. Skoll! What time is it? 9 p.m. That can't be right. The sky is blue. This is what 9 p.m. is like here. <laughs> How long have you two been together? Just over three and a half years. Four years. Really? Yeah. <laughs> what do you think? It's like another world. Tomorrow's a big day. Is it scary? What is it? It has special properties. What am I going through? We just need to acclimate. I don't want to acclimate. I want to go. Absolutely not. What's happening? I don't know why you invited us. That's why you look so guilty right now, because you know. We only do this every 90 years. I was most excited for you to come. Or Midsummer. I don't know. You're an American. The guy, Midsummer. The, the guy at the theater kept calling it Midsummer when Sounds I was like, like ordering a... food. He's like, oh, what are you here to see? him?" I'm like, Midsummer. He's like, oh, Midsummer. Like, no fucking Midsummer. <laughs> what a douche. No, nobody says that. Not even the Swedish. Like in the film, they say Midsummer. <laughs> uh, anyways, uh, this story centers around Danny Arder who is played by Charlotte Pugh, a.k.a. Paige, in uh, Fighting With My Family. Uh, the, the blonde girl? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Wow, okay. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I, I haven't seen that, but I've seen pictures and, and stuff, and I, I didn't even recognize her. Anyway, she ahead. She is adorable. She's pretty cute. Like, she's not like that, like, drop-dead gorgeous kind of woman, but she's just, like, adorable. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, she goes through this trauma. I I probably shouldn't say what it is, right? Um. I, I don't know. It doesn't really give anything away, I don't think, as far as the, the, the premise of the film. That's true. Um. Well, her, her sister commits a murder-suicide. Where she kills her parents and herself. That was fucking harsh. Yeah, and it it was funny because I was kind of like, you know, that scene in Hereditary that makes you go, "Oh, holy shit!" Yeah, it's like they did that right at the beginning. Uh huh. But no, there's more later. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> um. But and I, I saw you post this on somebody's Facebook that like the the visceral reaction that Danny has when she calls her boyfriend is just so gut-wrenching and uh -huh. just so, I mean, visceral. And it's, it's, it's like, I never realized it until this time, but most of the time when people react this way in movies, it's not like this, but her reaction is so real and it's yeah. just so emotional yeah, it made me think, <clears throat> like you know what I was saying on the, on the person's Facebook because the the her her just 
absolute pain and her screaming and her crying and her wailing was so like like you said visceral so guttural like that it it hearkened me back to all of the most just terrible and traumatic things that have happened in my life you know bad breakups death of loved ones um you know bad injuries just all those bad things that just like made me lose my shit and feel like my soul was broken it, it hit me like a wave you know yeah. and it's just like so right off the bat it's like I'm I'm kind of with there with her. I'm there with her, you know. And like somebody pointed out that you know it it was very similar to Tony Coletti's reaction in um, Hereditary. Yeah, and it's you know I guess that's just kind of one of Ari Aster's big trademarks at this point. Yeah, I guess I mean that that it must be you know, what he, he knows just, how to get that reaction. Yeah, it's got to be what he just demands from his uh, his cast, I guess. Yeah, so she's dating this guy named Christian, who is kind of a dick. Yeah, but he's, it's like, you know, if you've been in a bad relationship, you can relate to him, I guess. Yeah. It's like where you want to get out of a relationship, but you don't feel like you can. Yeah, like he was basically going to dump her, and then this happened, and he just felt obligated to stay with her. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, his friends, um, uh, Mark, played by Will Poulter, who is king of the assholes. Uh, he was such a prick. As well Jesus as Christ. Uh, Pele, who is his Swedish friend, and Chidi. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I meant to tell my wife that. She she loves uh, Good Place. Who doesn't love The Good Place? Good Place is fucking amazing. It's, it's really fucking good. Isn't this next season going to be the last season? God, I hope not. Me too. Like I hope this show. I I actually told my wife I want this show to run forever. Yeah, but it's it's got. I mean, we're getting this. This is a tangent, <laughs> but you've not watched The Good Place. It is undersold by yeah. NBC. That show is so fucking clever, like office level clever. Mm-hmm. Um, like the jokes are so subtle. For the most part, um, and the the writing is incredible, and the and the characters are so uh, contrasted against each other that the show just works so fucking well. And it's one of those shows, you know, similar to like Arrested Development, where you'll go back and watch it a second time, and you'll notice things that are like you know f- foreshadowing, yeah, that you didn't even realize before, or just run on jokes, yeah, like Jeremy Bear me, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That that dot that broke me. <laughs> um, um, but yeah, William Jackson Harper, who plays Cheedy on The Good Place, plays Josh in this, and uh, he's another one of Christian's friends. The least reprehensible of the bunch. Yeah, and so they they've all decided they're going to go to Sweden. Uh, Josh is writing his thesis on the the midsummer I'm a Swedish plumber. <laughs> That's good. What? That's good. <laughs> Um, if you're gonna do an accent, do a Philly accent. <laughs> but they all decide they're they're going to Sweden for, uh, like I said, Josh is doing his thesis on these midsummer oh, festivals. Does. That is her. She looks better with dark hair. Yeah, and the lip ring. 
Um, anyway. <laughs> Excuse my lust. Yeah, so Pele, his, he, you know, is from this very small community, and they do this Midsummer Festival. Is it every year? Um, no, every 90 years. Well, every 90 years is the May Queen thing. No, because there was a picture of the last May Queen. Mm, well, I'm telling you what I read from Ari Aster in a Q&A on Reddit. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. How he said only the end of the movie is comes every 90 years. The rest is business as usual. Oh, so then, okay. I think then the May Queen happens every year then. Um, I think the very The very, end. very end? Okay. Yeah. Um. People who haven't seen the movie have no idea what we're talking about. What are you talking about? <laughs> what the fuck's a May Queen? <laughs> but so they go to this small village in Sweden. I can't even remember what it was called. Um, I'm sure it's on here somewhere. Uh, uh, Hollings, Hollingsland, Harga, Hollingsland. Yeah, and like as soon as they get there, they're like, "Oh, good, you're here. Here's some shrooms." Yeah. And they're like, okay. This entire movie is just like basically one big fucking trip. Yeah. They, this, they, yeah, they immediately bust out the shrooms. They're like, I thought I pulled my cock off. <laughs> it's okay. I didn't. <laughs> why, why are my hands huge? <laughs> I did love that scene where they're all just sitting on the hill, hill by that tree. It, it and totally. Will Poulter's just freaking out. What? Will Poulter's just freaking yeah. out. It's like, can you all just lay down with me, please? <laughs> Josh, lay down. <laughs> it feels so good. Um, I, but Danny has a bad trip. She starts having visions of her sister. It's like, hey, guys, out there, um, if you've just suffered a traumatic loss, don't do mushrooms. <laughs> You're you're gonna have a bad time. You're gonna have a bad time. But yeah, like Tony said, that that's kind of like the setup for this ongoing story of them having these trips throughout the movie. Um. But so I mean, things kind of start off normal enough, although you immediately get this very cultish vibe from this community because they're all dressed the same, mm-hmm. they all act a very specific way. But at the same time, it feels safe. Yeah. Because everything is so clean. Everybody's so, so happy. And nice. Um, They're so welcoming. And it's so bright. Yeah. The entire... And I'll, I'll get into that later. Um, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> Which is actually like a... I mean, I don't know if this is real, but they talk about the midnight sun. Right, yeah. Which I guess... You know, at, at least in the film, this part of Sweden is bright for like 19 hours a day or something ridiculous like that. Yeah, and it's just the the sun is always out. So when they're even when they're sleeping, they have these dark curtains that they pull down so they can actually get some sleep. Mm-hmm. So the the yeah the movie is very bright pretty much throughout. It's all in in broad daylight. Um, how much can I talk about here? Because I don't want to talk about the the event with the ones. Uh huh. Well, I mean, just he basically, you know, they're they're there, and 
I don't Did you mention that, uh, fuck, um, damn it, what's Chidi's name? Josh. Josh. Josh and, um, later on, Christian, the, I mean, they're anthropology majors, and Josh is actually there because he's studying cultures. Um, he's, he's studying. Yeah, he plans on doing this, his thesis on all these different midsummer uh, festivals, not just this one specific one, but right. he plans on traveling across Europe and doing covering all these different ones. Um, and then Josh kind of bites off of his Christian. idea. Sorry, Christian bites off of his idea. And, yeah, he um, tries to play it off like he's like, I'm just going to do like I'm going to do my thesis on these people. Yeah, and he's Josh is just all right. Yeah, Josh is just like you're you're stealing my idea. He's like you're an asshole. He's like, well, if you want to collaborate, <laughs> I'm okay with that. Um, and yeah, so, I mean, you know, they're there to kind of study what's going on and, you know, the practices of this, of this midsummer festival. Um, and you know, everybody else is just kind of along there along for the ride. And I don't know, things just kind of start to unravel and you find out that there's kind of a deeper... In, in that in that sense, there it is kind of similar to Hereditary, mm-hmm. where you find out that it's just kind of like under the surface, you know, group that's kind of leading people in a certain direction, uh, very subtly. Um, and they have this book that it's it's you know they refer to it as I think a living Bible or something like that, and it's just this ongoing. It's just this ongoing thing that they, I think, I don't remember how many volumes he says they have, but he says, you know, like the book is always being written. It's always being updated. And currently it's being written by this disabled person named Ruben. I didn't really understand the whole point of Ruben. Um, he's essentially like kind of like a prophet, but he's like, like through history, They've in you know they're a very small commune in you know, in relation to um, you know the rest of the world, but like they they did say they take care to manage the family lines, um, which all I could think of was the fucking McBoyles. <laughs> but they did say that they when they need to they intentionally inbreed this kind of profit. Yeah. To create these these diaries, which are like you said, like kind of like a living Bible, and a lot of like the weird thing about this culture is like they they don't use written words so much; they use song and music as their kind of um, re- religion and in you know their gospel. It's kind of a weird concept. Yeah, a lot of rituals revolving around dancing yeah. and music. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, like everything was very sing-songy. They didn't really like. uh, They didn't like give sermons. They were were always singing songs, you know. Yeah. So. Um. You know, like I was saying uh, earlier about how bright it was. Like the entire movie is very bright and colorful, um, and very vivid, and. You know, when you think of like 
you're just comparing Ari Aster's movie, um, movies. You know, you look at Hereditary, which almost the entire thing was very dark. Very dark, yeah. This, like, this entire thing was, you know, in the sunlight um, and very bright. But, you know, the themes were so dark that I thought it created this really interesting juxtaposition in the film. Yes, but at the same time, like, the... The the themes are so dark, but it, but the the way that they're presented, not so much to our main characters, but to the people from this um, community, they're like an everyday occurrence. Like yeah. it's, it's no big deal, right? Yeah, but yeah. Like so much so much horror happens in the dark, which but it it's like when it happens in the in the daylight, it's almost so much scarier because. There's nowhere to hide. There's no shadows. There's right. Everything is just right out in front of you. Yeah, it's like um, you know, you, you know, you grow up watching these horror movies, and they always take place at night. You know, slasher films, and you know, uh, you know, vampires and zombies and stuff. They they always so so often take place at night, so you kind of like get it almost almost this uh, primal thing in your head. That's like the night is when bad things happen. Yeah. So when bad things happen in the day, you're just like just flips your world upside oh, down. Oh fuck! Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So I thought that was really interesting. Um, whether or not it was intentional, I don't know. But well, yeah, I mean, like I said, there's there's nowhere to hide. There's no, um, you know, everything that happens is visible. Yeah. There, there's nothing you can do to not see it. Yeah. And you know, like I said, like all the bright colors. You know, there's so many bright flowers and bright colors in the in the in the uh, in the in the um, wardrobes and, and things like that. It's just like you know, you see all this and you think, oh, this is a happy, joyous place, especially with all the singing and yeah. music and yeah. But no, definitely <laughs> hiding a darker, darker thing. Yeah, and but but not to them. This is yeah, this is, it's just normal. Yeah. So, what I was thinking is that there's there's so much like everything about it is so specific that I wonder like how much research Aster put into these things. Yeah, and, like the, all the the runes are you know there's a lot of symbolism mm-hmm. and, and you know these runic marks and the the people do these very specific things that never really get explained. Yeah, uh, like there's this, this breathing thing that they all do when they're doing some kind of uh, event or whatever, and they all go, oh, yeah. I don't, and but it's never explained why they do that, and so it's just like what that's such a specific thing. Why include that? Yeah, yeah. I was actually my my boss came into my office today, and he's like, "I saw a movie that you I saw a movie that you probably wouldn't like." Like uh, which one? He's like, it's "Midsummer." Like, oh no, I I saw that. I actually liked it quite a bit. <laughs> um, and we were actually talking about a lot of the same things we're talking about now. But he did um, mention uh, all of like like you said the the really meticulous specific things involved in this culture, and it's just like a lot of this shit is just like that's unreal. There's no way anybody could possibly be doing this kind of shit. Yeah, but maybe <laughs> right. So yeah, it was pretty wild. Yeah, and I mean, as as soon as this movie ended, like. It was funny because it just kind of built throughout the theater. You could just hear people just kind of go, 
<laughs> what? <laughs> like, what? What the fuck did I just watch? <laughs> I think I don't want to go any more into the plot because I'll start giving stuff away. But right. And this is one of those films that the less you know, I think, the better. Right. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I hate to hustle things along, but we're getting short on time. We need to start setting up for the crawl. So maybe we should think about wrapping this up. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I've said pretty much all I want to say. Um, it's, I mean, strap in because it's two and a half hours long. Yeah. But it moves really well. It it really does. Like it's not a fast paced movie by any means, but the pacing is very consistent. Mm-hmm. So you, you kind of you know you get in a rhythm, and there's not really any parts of the movie where you just like okay, let's let's move this along. Yeah, it, I mean, it never it definitely never feels like you're watching like an hour long TV show, but at the same time, it never really feels like it's two and a half hours long. Yeah, it feels just like a standard you know hour and a half, two hour movie. Um, so yeah, I mean, if, if you liked hereditary, I think you'll like it. If yeah, you didn't, sure. like, if you didn't like hereditary, I don't think you'll like it. Yeah. It's very similar tonally. It's very similar in its, uh, cinematography and in its, uh, pacing and, um, just the, the way that the movie is laid out. I don't think it's as good as hereditary. I think hereditary was better. I agree. So, um, yeah, like I said, I, th- I think it's it's definitely very in line with Aster's other work, which to this point is only one movie. But yeah, so I I, I think if you like Hereditary, you'll like it. If you don't like Hereditary, you won't like it. That's that's what it boils down to. I liked Hereditary, and like I said, I like this, but I don't like it as much. So I'm gonna give it an eight. All right. Do you have the scores up? What did I give Hereditary? Um, is that a fart? Yep. <laughs> My word. You gave it a nine. I did. Okay. Um, yeah, I'll give this an eight. I wish I could talk more about the cinematography because cinematography, cinematography, mm, <laughs> uh, was was excellent. Like I, the the shots that were that they made, um, the kind of the camera play that they used. And there's there's certain shots too that I I can't get into the specifics unfortunately, but it's they hold the shot for so long that it's just like you expect it to cut away and it doesn't. Yeah, and that's just it's so jarring. Yeah, uh, it was um. Very uh, uh, Kubrickian. Yeah. Definitely a lot of inspiration there, I think. Um, They did, like, I can't remember them doing this in in Hereditary, and they they may have, or he may have, but um, a lot of use of reflective surfaces, um, like, throughout the movie. Um, And I I thought that was kind of There's also a lot of really subtle things when the characters are tripping. Uh-huh. That happen that kind of make you f- not freak out, but are just kind of like, why is that happening? Yeah. Um, anyway, so the, you yeah. know, it, it almost like it gives you the feeling of a trip. It's it's very interesting. Yeah. All right. Well, that's gonna do it for us, guys. Um, we're gonna get things wrapped up, and like I said, we gotta start getting ready for our 
hour uh, in front of the internet. Naked. Or, or whatever. I mean, probably won't be naked. Who knows where the night takes us? I mean, it's kind of it's kind of stuffy and sticky in here. Yeah, I might just get naked for the hell of it. <laughs> Gotta let my balls <laughs> breathe. Let my it's, ass breathe. It's natural. <laughs> it's natural. Uh, anyway. But uh, I hope you guys enjoyed the episode. Uh, we'll be back in a couple weeks with a brand new one for you. Taylor. What movies are we going to be talking about then? We don't know. <laughs> Next episode is going, to, is going to air on my birthday. And all I want for my birthday is for you. Two front teeth. And two front teeth is for you guys. That's Christmas. Never mind. Uh, to join us on Patreon and let us know what movies you want us to do. Because next episode is Patreon Picks. Yep. So we're going to leave it up to the gravediggers to decide. We're preparing for the likelihood that you guys will just screw us just so fuck hard. Us so hard. <laughs> um, so, yay. I will say most of the movies currently on the list are not that bad. Well, that's a plus. Because Jordan isn't making suggestions. <laughs> <laughs> but he should. He's paying for it. I mean, I can tell him on Monday. Um. Anyway. Okay, guys. Well, I like how he made us watch Birdemic 2, but not Birdemic 1. <laughs> it's because Birdemic 2 is so much worse. Is it? Probably. I mean, there was a it lot. It has to be, right? <laughs> there's a lot of room to get better and not much room to get worse. That's true. <laughs> so, um, Okay. So, Taylor. Before we join these lovely folks next week or in two weeks, where can they find us? Best place to find us is at graveplotpodcast.com. Uh, subscribe to the show wherever you listen to your podcast. Leave us a rating and review. Email us. Let us know what you did. We'll send you a free magnet. Uh, follow us on Facebook and Instagram as graveplotpodcast or on Twitter as grave underscore plot. And if you want to become a grave digger and contribute to the next episode, uh, head over to patreon.com slash graveplotpodcast. There it is, guys. And give a hundred dollars, I'll get a tattoo of a unicorn on my ass. Do it, do it, come on, do it, do it. Hey, you, come on, do it. Taylor. Just do it, <laughs> Shia LaBeouf. I'm gonna put that in. I'm gonna, I'm gonna put that clip in right here of Shia LaBeouf. Yeah, <laughs> just do it. <laughs> <laughs> What is he even doing? <laughs> what is he ever doing? <laughs> All right, guys. We'll catch you again next time. Till then, I'm Skeletoni. I'm Taylor of Terror. This has been the Grave Plot Podcast, where we're all a little dead inside. Summer of the summer of the summer.